Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ripple Effect podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us here today. Whether you're watching this online or you're listening to it on the go, we are grateful to have this opportunity to share this time with you. Uh, we are in our new and improved studio, and we've been working on it for a little while. We've got some more kinks we got to work out, but hopefully this will get the qualities of the video more consistent and, and a little bit better for you guys. But we're glad to be here in the studio today. We have Mr. Robert Gaines has joined us, and uh, we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, we do not have a sponsor of the week today because things have been a little crazy around here. We are getting ready for uh, Serve Day. We've got a bunch of different projects going on. So uh, no sponsor of the week, which is a little disappointing. Um, but that's okay. Uh, before we get to Robert and talking a little bit with him, let me share with you a couple quick announcements that you need to know about going into this week. The main announcement, we're just going to have one for you this week, and that is Serve Day is coming up this Sunday. Uh, Serve Day is a great day. We've been doing it now five years. Yeah. Five. I think five, five, or, six, five, five or six years. It's been at least as long as I've been here. Uh, I think we started the summer after I came, so that'd be 2018. So we've been doing it for a while. It's a day where we take uh, basically that day and we do a bunch of different projects. We have a shortened service in the morning at 9 o'clock, and then we send groups out to different projects. The thing that's going to be different this year is we are still going to have our 1045 service downtown at the rail, uh, rail, Railroad Depot Park downtown Moberly. And let me just explain why we're doing this. Uh, the city came to us, they're having Junk Junction happening downtown, and they said, would you consider doing an outdoor service, uh, kind of drum up support, uh, show some support for our city uh, here in Moberly? And we said, we'd love to participate in any way we can. So in order to kind of drum up some interest, people downtown on Sundays, we're gonna have an outdoor service, and we love outdoor services so yeah uh, last year were you out so you were out there last yep. year the last storm. year it <laughs> rained and uh that was quite the uh interesting day uh and it was funny it split the church so half the people went into where the can the pavilion was and then like a quarter of them went under that little bell tower, <laughs> the bell tower. yeah yep mm -hmm. yeah Anyway, so while I was in the bell tower and we kind of held our own little prayer service there while everybody else was in the uh, other other one. But that, it's not going to happen this year. Uh, the weather looks great, hopefully. We're believing that it will be great. And uh, so this is what the morning will look like. If you come to the 9 o'clock service at church, we'll have a shortened service. And then we'll send some of you that are starting your projects early to go do those projects. If you, on your form, signed up for lunch at the church building, there's going to be lunch available to you to be picked up at noon. Uh, if you have child care, the child care will go from 9 to noon. So you have to plan accordingly with the projects that you've got going on. If you have a project that starts after uh, lunch, then most of those are going to meet at the Railroad Depot Park. They'll meet right after the 1045 service. Um, some of you have signed up to get your lunches at the depot park and we'll deliver those food there. Um, but you'll see, most of you should have gotten, all of you should have gotten emails about the groups that you're part of and where you're going to be meeting and when. So some of you will come at the nine o'clock, do your service project and you'll have the rest of the day. Some of you will go downtown to the 1045 service and then eat lunch and then go do your project. 
So just looking at your emails, check to see what project you're a part of. And if you have any questions, call the office and we'll try to get it straightened out for you. There's a couple different moving parts going on, but it should be a good day. So serve day is Sunday. Um, there's going to be no child care for the nine o'clock service here. We're all going to be together and all of the Sunday school groups and everything uh, aren't going to be meeting because we're doing serve day and uh, we hope that you participate in it. The last thing I want to say about it is if you missed a uh, sign up, uh, signing up for a group, please call the office ahead of time. It's helpful for us to assign you to a group. That way you know where you're going and you know who your leader is going to be. So that's, a, that's an update for you and what you need to know coming up this week. If you have any questions, call us at the church building or email us at office at tlcc.church and we'll try to help you out. Okay, Mr. Gaines. Yes, sir. Welcome. Welcome. It's uh, good to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Your name is Robert Gaines. Where are you from? Uh, what do you do? What's your family like? Give us, sure. give us, so, tell us a little bit. Uh, yeah, I grew up over uh, outside of a little town called Montgomery City, about an hour and a half away from here. Uh, one of seven kids, you know, um, an untypical situation. Is one, of seven. Uh, one of seven. One of seven. One of seven. Grew up in, in, in a traditional family style. Dad went to work. Mom stayed home with us. <clears throat> All boys except for one. The youngest was a girl. So. Oh, my goodness. Where do you fit in the lineup? I, never, um, I, I am the third youngest. Third youngest. So <clears throat> um, one of the small, I am the smallest boy of the family, too. So when the fights happened, it was, I always lost. So I've know? seen your, some yeah. of your brothers. Yeah, they're, they're I've got some big brothers. Yeah, there's it's, some big boys. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm the run to the family anyways. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I grew up over there, um, you know, and like I said, uh, stay-at-home mom, dad that went to work and just kind of uh, uh, – a good lifestyle. You know what I mean? I was raised in a traditional family setting, mm -hmm. um, which I learned as I got older, wasn't very common anymore. No, you know? it's unfortunately it's not. Um, not that everybody needs a stay at home mom, but just, I, I didn't have a broken home like a lot of people. So you figure out real quick that you're fortunate in life and that you got a leg up just in that yeah. alone. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, so you've, you have been mechanically inclined. Where did that come from? You like to tinker with you things, know, figure truthfully, things out. My mom, Really? Uh, of all people, my mom was, you know, when we were growing up, if something broke, lawnmower was broken, dad was off at work, mom had to make do with what she got and oh. what she had, and she was one of she was one of uh, nine, and so she grew up on a farm, and that was the kind of stuff they did. You just did what you had to do, and so she started tinkering on things when I was a kid, and so, I, you know, I'd be right alongside her, and before you know it, I was working on the lawnmower, losing my dad's tools like most boys do, <laughs> you know? But Where's that uh, 10 millimeter? Yeah, yeah, get yeah, it out of uh, here. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have to pay for the tools, so you learn the respect difference there over time. But, you know, that's kind of where that started from was she would do those things and I would be there. And then before you know it, was I got to do those things, you know, and I had some aunts and uncles that were the turned wrenches. And so, you know, I'd, I'd call my uncle's shop if I had questions about the dirt bikes that we had as kids. You know, mm -hmm. it was one of those things of... You broke it. You fixed it. You want to ride again? You better you know better, how to work on you it. Better work you better work on know? it. Yeah. So, um, so you you currently own and operate a trucking company slash repair diesel repair yes, shop. Yes, that is correct. Um, but how did you even get into the trucking industry? So truthfully, um, I went to to I got into repair just because that was kind of what I liked doing. I, I applied to Lynn State to go to school for that. I applied late, didn't even get in. Didn't get in. Didn't get in. <laughs> had great grades, had some decent potential. Uh, you know, competed in some national contests, did very well in placement, but I applied late, so I didn't get in. Uh, 
you know, so I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Tough luck. Uh, yeah, yeah. So make sure you fill out your paperwork on time. That's yeah. important. Okay. <laughs> the Dead- life lesson. Deadlines are serious. <laughs> uh, you know, so didn't get into that program. Had an opportunity to go to another program uh, with a company called MHC Kenworth, a big corporation with semi-trucks. Mm-hmm. I knew absolutely nothing about semi-trucks. But I thought, well, didn't get into Lynn. I'm not going to be able to stay home. So I better find something to do. So <clears throat> I got in their program, went off to school for them, and did kind of an eight-week on, eight-week off. So you eight weeks down in, in Oklahoma. Right. And then you come back and you do an applied learning eight weeks in their repair shop. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of how I got into the repair side of the business. Um, I, I did that for about a year, year and a half. I didn't even complete the program. I ended up dropping out of college and, and quitting. And truthfully, I quit because I, I worked in a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. It was it was a corporate mentality um, and it was tough as a, as a young man to sit in the break room and listen to the bad things people had to say about their families, their wives, their lives, yeah. you know, and you sit there and you think, you know, I'm, I'm 18, I'm looking for a wife, I'm excited to get married and, and they kind of rob you of Make that, it awful, in that yeah. yeah, in that mentality because they have so, uh, they're just, they're not happy with their lives. Um, is that when you decided to get into driving? So yeah, that is actually kind of what made the change. It, it you know, Repair work was something I was very, very passionate about. I loved that. Um, you know, I, I did odd projects. I even took an, a diesel engine, put it in a little Ford Ranger back when I was in high school. I mean, I was always challenging what should be done and what can you do. Right. You know, that was <clears throat> that was kind of my thing. But in being in that environment, it really made me uh, kind of turn away from enjoying turning wrenches. I, yeah. I lost the, the passion for that. Um, I had some family in trucking, and, and one of them was like, hey, you should you should buy a truck and come work with us. So I decided, you know, that's that's probably the route I'm going to go. So I, I did that. I stepped away from my mechanic career, um, started driving a truck, uh, bought my own truck, you know, started out real young as, a, as an owner. And, and I quickly learned that that was also kind of a nasty industry. Yeah. Um, you know, the things that uh, truck drivers deal with, the people they deal with, they're just – they're not always treated very well. Um, and so I, I came from a bad environment, went to a better environment, but still kind of nasty. And somewhere in there, you met your wife. Yep, I did. Um, I'll never forget one of our first dates we were on. We were sitting at the restaurant, and, and uh, she knew the waitress. And the waitress asked, oh, well, what, what are you going to school for? I said, well, I actually dropped out of school. And I kid you not, this waitress stopped dead, you know, middle conversation said, honey, you need to drop him. Get rid of him. Like, just like that. And I thought, well, hold on now. There's more to this story, you know. No, I bought no. a semi-truck. I started my own no, business. No, no, no. You dropped you know? out of school. Get that's out of, that's get what out. she said. She said, you ain't going to college. You don't belong with my friend. You go on along oh, down the road. That's funny. But yeah, so I, I met Laura along the way, um, kind of in that. And, and I was operating my own truck, you know, kind of my own independent business while she was going to school. Yeah. Um, and, and we were getting to know each other and at some point in time along the way we decided that you know we would like to pursue a life together so we got married um we got married and and trucking kind of changed i was i was working for some companies that uh, dare i say on camera did illegal things Mm -hmm. you know um there's rules and regulations you're supposed to follow as a truck driver as far as how heavy you can operate, how often you can operate, and some yeah, old, we didn't we some, didn't do that. Some old school guys, we did the old school stuff. Ran we did the logbook so you could yeah, change. Yeah, two or three of them crumple up, paper start over. Yeah. you know, we stayed in radiuses. I mean, sometimes we'd run 24, 26 hours straight, no sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I figured out quickly too that that was no way to make money. And but it took me some time. You know, I, I there was a few times I'd, I'd be dozing off, and you'd wake up partially in the ditch at two a.m. in the morning, and you're like, I just need to make it ten more miles. Yeah. You know. 
And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was the time in my life where, honestly, I was serving money. Mm-hmm. I lived for money. That's, that's, I thought, you know what? I got a truck. I'm making money. I want to I wanna buy all this stuff. I want to have all this stuff. I've got family that has all this stuff. You know, I want to be just like that. Make as much as you can as fast yeah, as you can. Yeah, no matter what, what the sacrifice. No sleep, don't need it. You yeah. know, drink more energy drinks. It'll be okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and... and it, it took me a while yeah. um, to figure out that that wasn't the way. But, you know, that kind of led to I bought more trucks and I, I left my cousin's company and took the trucks that I owned and went to another company and, and started working with them. And still a very similar situation, you know, as far as like, hey, you know, yeah, this is the law, but we we don't do it quite like that or you won't make any money, yeah. you know, and, and they kind of ingrain that in you. And so my first couple of years in trucking, I, I lived for money. That's mm-hmm. That's what I did, man. I'm not going to lie about it. Those were some bad years for me. I was freshly married, you know, served money as a whole. That's all I cared about. I mean, you know, I, I went through kind of my awake. One of my awakening moments was I had a truck break and I, I mean, I just lost my temper mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that that truck being broken was costing me money and I wasn't going to make money. And my wife looked me dead in the eye and said, if I don't know you was going to act like this before I married you, I'd have never married you. So maybe that waitress talk in about, the diner. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but talk Drop about it. a humble awakening, like to, oh. to have your new wife sit there and tell you like, you're not the man I thought you were. You're, you're becoming the man that you weren't. Yeah. You and know? the man and that you didn't want to be. Yeah. And that, and that's right. And, and you sit there and that, that was really humbling, you know? And so things changed and trucking for us, have a decline because we started trying to do things the right way and and it was harder to make money and so eventually we got to the point where we didn't have a lot of money left she was working to pay the bills and I was working trying to make sure that we were paying the payments yeah. you know and got to the point where I got nervous at 20 years old and thought I'm I gotta sell out if I don't sell out I'm gonna be bankrupt at, at 20 yeah. how many people are bankrupt at 20 at 20 you yeah. know and and freshly married and so anyways, we, we ditched a lot of our equipment in, in an auction, sold it for payoff, and, and, and got out from under it. And I, I walked away with $10,000, and, and based on our equity schedule, I should have come out with about 70000 for my first couple of years' worth of work. Wow. And 10000 is all I had. So you have, you have these skills of being able to repair things, being able to work on things, the knowledge of the trucking industry. You've got some talent at a very young age and exposure that most people didn't have. And yet you're also now left with like not a whole lot. Yeah. How much do you think that because you were working for money and some motivations that probably weren't great, how much do you think that those motivations caused you to end up where you were? At the you moment? know, a hundred percent. You know, all of my poor decisions led to where I was. And again, it was more focused on the dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I thought it took. And, uh, you know, after we sold all that stuff, I kind of, I worked part-time for a farmer and kind of moved around the house. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life after that because mm-hmm. for two or three years, money was what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, there was two things I thought I wanted to do. I either wanted to be a youth pastor mm-hmm. of all things. Um, I always felt like as a youth that churches struggle to have a youth pastor that's young enough to relate to the children. Yeah. And I went through a lot of churches that way. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I, I understand the... The youth pastor, he's supposed to be a guide, but he's also got to be close to my age for me to for me to feel like he understands what I'm going through. Because right. tell me the world isn't different after 30 years. Oh, it's definitely different. You know, so if I'm a 15-year-old and he's 45, it doesn't mean he's not fully capable and, and all full of wisdom that I need to have. But I'm going to have a hard time relating to him because he's more like my dad who, as a son, yeah. we, we clash with. We understand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're your parents. Yeah. And, and so you see them as a parent figure sometimes more as a person to walk through life with you. So that was one thing I thought about. And the other thing was I, I really enjoyed trucking. Mm-hmm. And 
I wanted to be back in trucking. And, you know, so I prayed about it a little bit and I, you know, I thought, Lord, if this is what you want from us, help me find a way to get back in and, and help me find a way to run a business that would be honoring to you, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that serves you and not money. Yeah. And, you know, not even a week or two later, I got a call from an uncle of mine who was also in trucking in a different area. And he's like, hey, listen, I got this, this gig you can get in. And, you know, I know you just sold all your stuff. And I said, tell me, tell me a little bit more about it. He's like, well, you're going to need about $10,000. <laughs> so, well, it turns out How about not exactly $10,000. You know, so. So, so, so let me just set this up here because I, I didn't recap Sunday for this particular reason. Because on Sunday, we were finishing up our series about putting God first. And I talked on Sunday about putting God first with our talents. And using our skills and abilities doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be doing something different. It means the motivation behind why we're doing it changes now. And you're still in trucking. Yep. You're still in an industry that was difficult. You're still using your skills as a mechanic and your knowledge and your experience in trucking. You're still doing all of that, but it's very, very different now. Absolutely. It's very, very different 100%. now. So, so tell us just briefly about like what's different and why it's different and how you've seen God bless that. Yeah. So, you know, for the most part, we, we went back into trucking with the mindset of, you know, we want to use common sense financially. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to make money to survive. It's, it's business. Everybody has to make a living. Yeah. But you don't have to only care about making a living. And the other thing we said is we want to make a difference in these industries. We know these are rough atmospheres, but we also know that it's something I love doing. I love both parts of the industries that we're in. And so to try and bring those industries into a better light in our area goes a long way, you know, and we determined a long time ago that if you were to walk in our door and look for a job, you know, provided that you have some of the basic skill sets and won't be a hindrance to the rest of our team, we don't care what your past looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in doing that, though, we've hired some people that honestly had no business getting a job because of their past. But (laughs) who says I had a business doing anything because of my past, you know, and. And so we don't we don't pass judgment. We've been, you know invested time and resources into people who, if we don't hire them, may end up in jail. I mean, I've got a, a young man that 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 was He's where he was at. Yeah. He was basically that the state put him through a program said if you don't get a job, you're going to jail. Yeah. And. That man, he's a young man, but he has made a full circle. He is an excellent employee, a good man. And you know what? I don't have to sit here. My whole thing is, you know, in, in our line of work, we don't we don't we're not here to beat people with the Bible. Yeah. Okay. We want to live with these people daily. Mm-hmm. We want them to see our daily decisions because of what we believe in, how we react to, you know, conflict, problems, you know, how we treat them when they make a mistake, yeah. the grace that we give them, that speaks volume into people's lives yeah. much more than how much you can pay them at the end of the day, you know, which obviously we focus on trying to be competitive on the wage side, but we want to love people. Yeah. And that's the end of it. And sometimes it makes it hard because you get a little attached to the employees you got. Yeah. You know, and, and, it's hard to make business and you, decisions. you truly feel like they're your family if you really believe in that. And, and so the last, you know, we've been in business now um, for a total of 10 years, but all of this restarted in about, I don't know, probably about seven years now in this new mindset, mm-hmm. if you will. And, you know, we, we went on our own. We don't work with any other companies. We're totally independent. In fact, we have other, other smaller companies that work for us, but mm-hmm. totally independent. We make all of our own decisions. And, and truthfully, that was the only way we could make common sense decisions and not focus on money, yeah. you know, and, and building relationships. And so we do everything independently the way we want. So when we have employees who have life struggles that need extra time off, 
they need just to be home more because their situation changes. We can accommodate those a lot easier because we don't have to answer to anybody but ourselves. Yeah, you don't have some board somewhere yeah. telling you. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you go, you go from you struggling to figure out what in the world you're going to do with your life to now you run several trucks. Yep. You have multiple employees. You've got the diesel repair side of things, and and just for everybody listening, um, you name the company STLF. Yep. Trucking. Yep. Transportation and, and then the other one is diesel repair. The diesel repair. They technically but are two companies. They are two companies, but we know how it works. Um, what is, tell everybody, what's STLF stand for? So it stands for Seek the Lord First, um, which, believe it or not, is sometimes an awkward thing to explain to people because you get asked that a lot. Like, what's that stand for? Well, it stands for Seek the Lord First. Oh, okay. And then some people, well, why did well, you name, you name it? that? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I you know, this all came about kind of after our, our second attempt at this and and the reason we did that is i told my wife and i said you know i want something biblical i want something that's going to remind me if i have success where does it come from mm. and it's as simple as this you go out and you've got equipment and if, it, if that's on the side of your equipment because it has to be you have to have your logo on there yeah how can you forget where that comes from <laughs> yeah so when the truck breaks down again yeah you're looking at seek the All lord right, the first oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep you know and 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 but if and that's the thing is you know we look at our businesses as a mission field, just like a missionary does as they go overseas. Yeah. Now, am I saying they relate in any way? No, but they do at the same time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a missionary overseas to be a missionary. No. You don't have to do this extravagant thing to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. You're 100% right when you say using your talents. You know, I've heard you preach on it before. I've heard other preachers preach on it. Some of our talents are smaller than others, but you're still making a difference. Yeah. We've got almost 30 people that I promise you, if you talk to them, really appreciate their work atmosphere, yeah. if nothing else. They may not like what they do for work because, it, I mean, it's a job at the end of the day, but they appreciate how they're treated, how their team is, mm-hmm. what the people around them believe in, yeah. that, you know, if there's a storm, everybody from the company is going to offer to come cut up your firewood and help you get the tree off your house because we're a family there. Yeah. You know, that goes a long way. And so... It's, I think it's important for people to remember that, though, is, is like you said, use your talents where they can be a blessing to other people. Some talents may feel smaller, but I promise you, somebody's got to do that job, too. Yeah, because you're still turning a wrench every yep. now and then. Yeah. And and you're still using your same experience that you had. You know, obviously, you've got more experience now that you're older, but that you had when you were, you know, failing in that industry. Yep. But the motivation now is not just I need to make as much money as possible, but how can I use this not just for my own benefit, but to benefit those around me? And that completely changes everything. And so when when our motivation changes, it doesn't really matter what talents you have, whether it's turning a wrench or making pizza or, you know, helping someone like it doesn't really matter. You can use those for the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, you don't have to necessarily be a musician or, or a musician or a preacher or or the choir leader. It, it's your daily life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think people forget that sometimes is that that you can be an insurance agent and maybe you just need to be the only Christian insurance agent at your company so that you can help people understand how they should treat their, their customers yeah. or, or how they should deal with their problems, you know. Um, one thing I, I, my wife's thank God for my wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we've been married 10 years here in October, but she is, is very, very strong for me. You know, there's a lot of times I grumble at three in the morning. I don't want to get up and go do a service call on the side of the road. And, and I take the same rotations I ask any of my guys to do. Yeah. I'm no position in my company am I above yeah. because I truly believe that you should lead 
by doing. Yeah. And and uh, but anyways, you know, there's been plenty of nights where it's it's a bit of a grumble, and I and I roll over and I'm gonna go to bed. I'm not answering that call. Yeah. And my wife will nudge me. Says, "How do you know that that man's truck didn't break down, and the Lord just needs you to go out there and talk to him?" And his truck is just the reason you get to go talk to him. Oh, man, she's really digging and, it and, in. Oh, man, because oh. she doesn't have to get out of bed. <laughs> but, you know, how, how can you not look at it that way, though, all of a sudden? You think about that, and you're like, you know, I truly believe I went through financial struggles early on in life so that I would understand that money isn't everything. And I wasn't raised that way. Mm. And I sure didn't believe that when I graduated high school, but that was that— you get worldly caught up habit in it. I picked up along the way. Oh, you get caught up in it. Yeah, quickly. and 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 from a strong Christian background to pick that up. I mean, I'm human like anybody else, and we're all going to have our struggles in life. But I'm glad I got that out of my system early and figured out that you know, hey, life is about more than just that. Yeah, you yeah. and I have even talked about like even to the point with like the vehicles you drive. Yeah, it's like absolutely, I could drive this truck that's ten years old yeah. because it's going to get me from point A to point B. And people will never understand that that. You know, I, I was talking to one of my cousins this weekend, and I was like, hey, you know, sit down and think about this for a minute. You, you buy a pickup truck that's 75000 mm. it's like a year and a half's worth of every paycheck just to buy the truck. Doesn't count the interest, doesn't count the maintenance, doesn't yeah. count anything. Yeah. And we live in this big rat race of i got to have more, i got to have more. And, like, it, it's sad to see that people have no more hope than what they can buy tomorrow with what they earn today. <sighs> but to, you know, to say all that, like I said, just – Using your talents where you can makes a big difference. And I'll, I will always say that I'm a missionary in Mobile, Missouri, in trucking and in repair. And that's what I do. And if there's something else I can do in the community to meet a need, I do my best. But this is that's my mission field. This is my mission field. Yeah. You and, know? and how does that change? Uh, I guess this is my last question for you. How does that change the way you even go into work? You talk about, you know, sometimes I grumble. Like, you still have a stressful job. Oh, yeah. The hours are still long. You, you, you still have all those same burdens that come with being a business owner. But how does that change your mindset when when you have a a motivation that's bigger than just I need to get through today? Yeah, well, I will say that it it's got good sides and it's got bad sides. You know, when you feel like you're truly making a difference with what you do, it is very easy to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do I get tired? Absolutely. But I work, most of my days are 12 to 14 hours and I usually work them pretty happily. My wife may not appreciate it as much because I'm gone a little more than I should, but it's so much easier to put in that kind of effort and that kind of time commitment when you feel like you get to love on people, you get to show people what a godly man is supposed to look like, yeah. a godly leader is supposed to look like. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I learned from these people too. Mm-hmm. And I've got several Christian men that work for me now that, that are also helping kind of this clean up the atmosphere, clean up the the workforce that we work in and, yeah. and make a difference. And, but it's, it's so much easier to be committed to what I do for a living when I know that in the end it's to glorify God. Yeah. And that's what it is. And, and it, it may be truck repair and it may be trucking, but realistically it's a glorification of God through those actions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's anyways. great. Well, we hope this has been encouraging to you. And just another reminder that no matter what gifts or talents God has given you, when we use them for his glory, uh, it's going to make all the difference in the world. And the promise isn't you're going to have the most successful company in the world. The promise is you're going to have purpose and meaning no matter what you do. And I'll end with this blessing, which comes from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. He says, present your members yourself as an instrument of righteousness to God. I think about uh, tools and different tools that we have. And, and you think there are some people who, if you put that tool into their hands, 
they would cause a lot of damage, <laughs> like a lot of problems. Yeah. But you put that same tool into a master's hands and they can create so many incredible things uh, and fix so many incredible things. And the idea is your life and in your talents and gifts and ability, uh, when you place them in God's hands, he can do so much more with them than we could ever possibly imagine or dream. So use your talents and gifts for the glory of God and trust in him with them. Robert, thank you for coming on. Yeah, appreciate to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And thank you guys for joining us this week on the Ripple Effect podcast. We cannot wait to see you next week. See you guys. Thank you.